Good evening, everybody. We're so glad to see you here tonight. If you are able, please stand. We are going to get ready to worship together. Let's praise our King. Amen. Amen. Cool. 
for all that you have done and you promised yet to do, Lord. Because you love us, Father. You are so, so good. You want good things for us. You are not done yet. You're coming back for us one day. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus.
If you're new, we would love for you to fill out a little welcome thing right in front of you in the pocket. There's one of these. If you could fill it out and give it to one of the ushers, we would love that. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening.
keep you in shape. All right. Hi, everybody. Hi, live streamers. By the way, it's good to have the live streamers back with us. And uh, if you're live streaming with us tonight, say hello. We want to see that you're on there. Wave, say something. We're glad you're with us. So we're going to take up our tithe and offerings. So if you have something to give, you can prepare that. If you need an envelope, look in the chair in front of you. There should be one there. If there's not one there, wave your hand around and one of our ushers will help you out. But it's good to have you. And uh, we're excited you're here at Only Believe at Urbana. So I'm going to have... Uh, so, so watch this. I'm going to have Margo come pray over an offering tonight. Wow. That's why I said watch this. You know, she knows karate, so I'm just a little worried about later. Come on. I'm serious. Man. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, just being here with us tonight. We thank you, God, that you are just wherever we are gathered together, whenever there are two or more of us, you are here with us, God. And I just pray that you would bless the offering tonight. Mm -hmm. I pray that you would bless every single person that gives, Father God. I pray that you would multiply um, their their blessings, not just not just in money, God, but it, mm -hmm. but they're all the blessings that you have for yes. them. That health, family, mm -hmm. relationships. Father God, I just pray that you would Jesus. multiply all of those things in mm -hmm. your name. Amen. Amen. All right. You're hired. All right. Good job. All right. Bring it down if you have something tonight. These lights aren't all the way up. Can you kick them up the whole way? It seems a little dark to me. There you go. Wow. All right. Well, good deal. While, uh, while you're bringing that down, uh, some quick announcements. Uh, May 30th, yeah, May 30th, which is the last Sunday of this month. We're in May. Two things happening. Uh, we're doing our next round of water baptisms, and we know we had some people missed a couple weeks ago, so if you missed it and you want to be water baptized, something back table. Also, Next Steps is happening. If you want to become a member of this church, only believe at Urbana, sign up at the back table for Next Steps, and, and then we'll be hanging out for a little bit, bring some food in. Or maybe if you've been a member a long time, but you want to know what that's all about, you're welcome to come. Go ahead and sign up. And uh, we just talk about simply this, church membership is about participation. We, we participate in worship together. We participate in the word together. We participate in serving together, all sorts of stuff. So that's what Next Steps is all about. So if you're interested in being there for that, sign up for that. Also, uh, the last Wednesday of this month, Mark Dunphy's with us here. So that's going to be exciting if you guys know Mark Dunphy. And... Uh, Week of Pentecost services at, at the Botkins campus, Sunday night, Mark's actually going to be there for that. Monday night and Tuesday nights, uh, Pastor Tim Bagwell from Colorado is going to be there. Then Wednesday, Mark's staying through the week so he can come and preach to us here. So anyhow, but if you're free that Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, you're, you're free to come down here. And about what? Oh, yeah. So by the way, that day also is the 23rd. My daughter's graduating high school that morning so by the way Margaret and I would not be at church that day we have a graduation ceremony to go to but 
Hope, uh, we have Hope's graduation party that day, that afternoon. We'll tell you time. So Hope wanted me to invite the entire church to come. So y'all are welcome to drive over to our house and, and celebrate with Hope if you want to. So I'll make her do that next time she's here. She'll love that. Anyways, well, you prayed, so we can make that happen too. So anyhow, uh, Mark Dunphy on May 26th right here. And uh, just some other things, but real quick, um, just for the youth, we're going to start announcing this. So our young people, 5th to 12th grade. So if you have a young person that will be in 5th grade this fall, 5th through 12th grade, uh, June the 2nd, the first Wednesday night, we will have a youth gathering during church. And then what we're going to start is the fourth Wednesday of every single month is going to be a youth get-together during church on Wednesday night. So I'll tell you more about that, but we're kicking off some things with our young people. That will be mixed in with some events and stuff, but we're going to get consistent in what we're offering our 5th through 12th graders. Amen. Amen. I mean, I know that sounds good. We've got to do some stuff. And by the way, back on the back board, uh, there's some information about youth summer camps and things like that. So go check that out. Then see me with your questions. All right, that's all I have for that stuff. Get your Bible out. Who brought the word tonight? Oh, yes. Thank you, Vinny. Saturday, they're finishing up the work at the nursing home. So, Vinny, if we could have four people come help her Saturday at 10 a.m., meeting there, correct? It's the nursing home that was across the street from the storefront where we used to meet. Um, if you're interested in helping, see Vinny. Almost got all the work done, but still some things left to do, so see her about that. And am I missing anything else? All right, there we go. So, who's got your Bibles? Let me see. Anybody bring your... Who does it on your phone? Let me see. Uh, okay, good. If you got your Bible, John chapter 5. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for an opportunity to be here. Maybe just grab, grab, grab your neighbor. Just, just pray for him for a minute. We thank you, Jesus, for everybody in this place, those watching live stream, Lord. Lord, we ask that you, you are intervening into their life in all the different things happening. Lord, we want to not be so caught up in the cares of the world that we quit chasing after you. So, Lord, we know that you answer our prayers. You are uh, the one who meets our needs. You are our provider in all things. And I thank you, Lord, that all the different things that are happening in this room, in our personal lives, that you're responding to our prayers, our cries, our prayers of faith. But in that, Lord Jesus, I pray that nothing deters us from chasing after you. That we're grabbing hold of everything that you have for us as a church, as individuals, Lord. We worship you tonight. We praise you. For we will be people who follow you, who will grow, will learn, Live life in light of the revelation of who you are. So just encourage your neighbor in prayer real quick. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for everybody in this place. All unique, all very noticed by you. Nobody's forgotten. Nobody's put off on a shelf. But everybody's right in the middle of your interest and your care 
and your love. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. One way to think about this, salvation is not something you get. Salvation is something you live, enter into and live in. Salvation is not something you just receive. But it is a way of living. Salvation is freedom. As a church, as a church, we view this in a way that we're in this together, we're growing together, we're helping one another. Though we're not perfect at it, that's what we're about. Right? That we're on this thing of living the Jesus way together. In other words, we're living our salvation out together. We're living in our freedom of our salvation. But we're learning how to do it. Because it's not necessarily inherent to our fallen nature, obviously. It's something we come into and learn to do. Not just head knowledge, but revelation that gets in your heart. And something that grows within you. Right? That, that we're, you, you know, you're, you're, you're people called by God. To, to follow him into what he has for you. But you have to follow him into what he has for you. You have to, you have to get out of this. I'm, God just gave me something, so I'm saved. That's a status that I have. You've got to live. This Salvation is a way of life that I live. That permeates to every part of my being. We've got to learn to be led by the Spirit in all things. So we've been talking about dangerous prayers on Wednesday nights for a little bit now. Dangerous prayers. Prayer, we often pray, but, but most of the stuff we pray about is all the stuff we need and our problems and stuff we, we, we think we want. We often pray uh, so God will get involved in the issues of our life, and you should. The Bible says cast your care upon him. Because he cares for you. By the way, it's only when you to totally and completely cast your care upon him can he actually do something with it. You literally have to really give it over to him. Or else you never really gave it to him. So you've got to cast, I mean, ca ca when, you when you cast something, you throw it. You don't hold on to it anymore. You get rid of it. You cast, you, you, you cast a stone, you cast it. I mean, you throw it. You don't kind of, well, you know, I'm going to hang on to it just a little bit. And maybe Jesus will touch my stone. No, give the thing to him. So he carries your care. And he takes that burden away from you. So see, we got to cast our cares upon him completely. But if that's all the kind of prayers you pray, your prayer life is kind of shallow. I'm just be honest. Let's be real. Right? Uh, you, you can never pray better than the state of your heart. So, so if you're very self-centered, all your prayers will be about self. If you're prideful, then your prayers will be prideful. Remember the parable of the, uh, of the, the righteous man and the, and the sinner, and the, and the righteous man just stood there and prayed all the great stuff about himself? Well, yeah, God, I'm so great. And, and, the, and the sinner wouldn't even look up to God. And God said, who went away justified? Well, it wasn't the guy who prayed all the great stuff he was, right? You can never pray better than the state of your heart. So hopefully you find yourself praying for other people a lot. 
But when it comes to you, don't get, because, because you understand the needs of your life, I understand we cast our cares upon him, but don't just center on things of, of when it comes to yourself, of things that you need and problems of your life, because the biggest thing that you need is inward transformation. More than you need anything else. So you should have a part of your prayer life where you're praying prayers that have to do with that. And those are dangerous prayers because God may answer them. We often say a lot of stuff, but do we really understand what we do when we pray? The prayer, the prayer of a righteous man is what? Powerful. Amen. And it's effective. So you should pray. You, we need to be people of prayer. You should pray. But you've got to focus part of this right here. And, and remember the first dangerous prayer? Uh, the prayer of David, um, search me and know me and test my anxious thoughts and find any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's a dangerous prayer because it'll start to expose you to yourself. And it'll start to show you the offensive ways in you. And you'll go, oh my goodness, are you serious? How long has that been hanging around there? You know what I'm saying? That's a dangerous prayer. Then, then, then we talked about uh, the dangerous prayer of, uh, well, the third one was God use me. When you start praying prayer like God use me, my goodness, then, then all of a sudden he's going to try. And he's going to make you uncomfortable. And he's going to try to draw you out and do things that maybe you weren't uh, wanting to do. And, and in other words, he's going he's to use you in things that you have to lean on him to be used in. And that's not always easy. Because if you could do it without him, then you don't need him. Then why would he lead you there? So prayers like, God, use me. Then, then he'll start putting opportunities in front of you. Then, then can you listen and hear and respond and obey and do what he's asking you to do? I, I, hope, I hope someday, and I don't think God would do this to me, but I hope someday that um, I, don't, I don't get with him and he says, hey, by the way, let me just show you all the times you missed me. All the times you heard me but didn't obey. I, I just don't want to know that. You know, just, okay, please forgive me. Right? God is ever, ever looking to break into this world, right? And one of the ways he breaks into the world is, is by those who are incarnation in his place in this world, live bodies. That's you. Right? That's a dangerous prayer, Lord, use me. Another one that we talked about was the prayer, Lord, break me. Oh, man. David, David writes that the sacrifice of God is a broken and contrite heart. The Lord will not despise that. He's not interested in all the sacrifice. What he wants is your heart. And how many know we need broken? Because it's the broken vessel that God can put back together how he desires. Right? And we need shaped. We need formed. We need remade. But you can't be shaped, formed, and remade unless you're broken. So God will take you into the crowd like a horse and he'll break you. And then when you thought you were broken enough, he, he, he takes you back again. And when you thought you had gotten there and you're at the place of total usability, he takes you back there again. Constantly removing it and taking out what doesn't belong and replacing it with what does. He breaks you. That's a dangerous prayer. 
So, so the prayer tonight uh, goes along with the use me one. We'll talk about a dangerous prayer that is, Lord, lead me. John chapter 5, verse number 19. John chapter 5 and verse number 19. This is Jesus and talking about the authority that he walks in. John 5, 19, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. Oh, that we would live that way. That our life would be a complete reflection of what God is up to. Now, is God up to something? Yeah. Are we called to get in on what he's up to? Yep. But how do we get on what he's up to? What he is doing, we do likewise. This is a great, Jesus, in this, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, uh, view of the interaction of the Godhead, the Trinity, and how they work. But now that we are followers of Jesus, and we are to be Christ-like, then our life is to mirror the way he was. So in the way that Jesus said, I'm only doing what God is doing. I'm, I'm doing likewise. That is the manner of our life, that we learn to do the things that God is up to. But you can't do those things unless you're willing to be led by him. So, so one of the key words that has to do with doing what God is up to is we have to learn to be submissive. We have to be submissive to a place that we can see what he's up to and simply respond. And listen, it goes along with the prayer of God, use me. Because submission brings us to another place, and this is so important. We have to be people that are completely dependent upon our God. When I'm submissive to something, I in turn become dependent upon it. Christianity is not independence in things. Christianity is entire 110% dependent upon the God who saves us. That we live life in a way that we know that we need him. Now, we say that. Well, I need God. Well, sure, I need God, right? I think we all would say that. But you submit in such a way that you actually need him and it shows up in being dependent upon him. That everything you do comes through dependence upon him, so you end up doing what you see the Father doing in life. That's another way of saying long-term discipleship. I, I love, I, I love uh, Eugene Peterson. He puts it this way. Christianity is like uh, 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 obedience, long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction. But, but you're never that kind of a person unless you are submissive and willing then to be led in such a way you stay in that long obedience in the same direction. Right? We've got to learn to be submissive. That's not easy. That's not our nature. Right? The, the whole deal of the sin of man roots in pride. That we figured it out, we know enough, we're good enough to figure this out on our own, uh, we're able to live life independently, we can provide for ourselves, all these different things. Push back against this idea of being dependent upon somebody. See, 
the faith life is ultimately saying that I'm dependent upon God. That's what faith is. That's the life of faith. Now, by the way, so in charismatic circles, let me just say this. They talk about faith like it's its own entity. It's almost like part of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, faith. No. We have faith, but faith in what? God. It's not just faith by, well, I have faith. Well, that's great. What do you have faith in? Well, God and his word. But if you have faith in God and his word, that means then there's active belief and trust in God and his word to the place of being submissive and dependent upon it. There's no point in having faith if you're not submissive. As a matter of fact, uh, faith enters us into a life where we can be obedient and submissive. But ultimately, people that say they have faith but aren't obedient really aren't people of faith at all. Because again, faith is active belief. It's trust. It is placing yourself into God and what he has and who he is. So faith is the entrance to obedience, but over time, if you don't have obedience, then you really can't be a person of faith. The two go hand in hand. So God is trying to take us somewhere and lead us somewhere. So we start praying a prayer, Lord, lead me. He will respond to that prayer. But it's dangerous because it becomes dangerous to who you are. Because the first place he's going to lead you is called paths of righteousness. The foundation of life. Psalm 23, right? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. One of the great, uh, part of the great psalm of, of the Lord is my shepherd. Let me, let me just say this, by the way. You can be entirely successful in everything you set out to do in life. But it doesn't matter if it's not built on paths of righteousness. Amen. You can have everything you want. You can, you can have the money you want, the relationships you want, the marriage you want, the kids you want. You can feel like you have it all. But if it's not built on the paths of righteousness, it will fall to nothing. Right? So when you say, God, lead me, he's going to start taking you to the paths of righteousness because it's for his namesake that he does so. And what happens is when he takes you in the paths of righteousness, we go back to this first one, expose me to myself. He starts dealing with us. Because you can't live in the paths of righteousness and sin. You can't live in the paths of righteousness doing things your way. You can't live in the paths of righteousness where there's pride. So he wants you to build your life on what is solid. And in him, the narrow road is actually the path of righteousness. And not a whole lot of people get on it. That's where he wants to take you. So we are ultimately led first by a couple different agents. We are led by this right here. So this is the first way that God leads you. That is why we must be people of prayer, but also people of his word. You need this. Amen. And however you get this in here, get this in here. Just don't get it up here. Get it in here. So when we come to church, and, and, and we, the, the whole goal of church is we're equipped together, right? It's centered on this. 
That's why we're talking about this. That's why we're in the scriptures. But don't let church be the only time you're trying to get this in here. However time you make for it, make for it. If, if you can crack this thing open and take your time and go through it and, and, and digest in a way where it's settling, do so. If you need a devotion, a guide to do so, do so. But however you do it, do so. This is the first avenue we're led. Now, charismatics, we love to hear God, right? God, God speak to me something. God, show me something. God, do something. He will, but if you're not here first, this will get messed up. Because everything that comes that way has to be judged by this. Because if you're hearing stuff you think God's saying, but it's not backed up to this, you ain't hearing God. Amen. There's something else floating around out there you're listening to. So you got to be people of the word. Right? So the first agent of being led by God is being a person. Now, again, you don't have to be a theologian. You have to understand it all. You don't, you don't have to... Uh, uh, you know, be able to read this in giant chunks and, and, and just, just take it in and, and, and be able to explain all this stuff. Just read it. Take in what you can take. Digest it. Read it over again. Take notes. Ask questions. But then that leads you, because once you're a person of this, you can't help but start praying. And what happens is, you learn the second way that we're led, the, the stuff that the charismatics love, is, is led by... The Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, speaking to us, dreams, visions, a peace in your heart, thoughts that translate that, that, that God is putting in. You know, all these different things we're looking for. But you're never going to be a person effectively in that if you don't know his presence. That's why worship's important. Amen. You learn the presence of God in worship and prayer. Right? When you take time to worship and to learn to be still before him, you'll learn his presence. When you're a person of prayer, you'll learn his voice and his lead, especially if, if the whole time you're just not buzzing through your prayer, prayer list and, and heading out, but, but taking time to stop and listen. You'll learn him. And there's avenues of then living a life where he's, he's able to lead you. That first place is those paths of righteousness, but then right after that, then he'll start leading you in other ways, too, and it connects to the prayer of use me. He'll start to speak to you in ways and lead your life, and, 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 but what's he going to do? Sometimes he'll, he'll lead you out in the wilderness like he did Israel. That's not where I thought he was going to lead me. I thought I was going right to the promised land. Why did he take Israel to the desert? He tried to teach them some stuff. Right? He tried. And it was amazing things because, remember, he delivered them from Egypt. And they're in the wilderness, right? Then God starts to miraculously provide for them. Only on a daily basis. Right? So they're collecting the, the man, and they say, oh, oh, only what you can have for today. Don't start to store the stuff up, because if, if you do, it'll rot. God was teaching them every single day, you need me. Every day. And if you try to keep it so you don't need me tomorrow, that's not what this is about. It'll just rot. And then they started to complain. Think about this. They started to complain and wanted the provision of captivity. They wanted to go back to slavery. Remember, they complain, we just go back. 
They would rather live in the provision of slavery than the freedom of dependence. We get like that. God is going to lead you to a place where you depend upon him. He, the Holy Spirit led Jesus to, to the waters in the desert to fast. Oh, my goodness, that he would lead me to fast? Yup, he's going to call you to deeper things. And then, then remember, during the fast, Jesus, what, tempted by the devil. And Jesus comes out of that full of the power of the Spirit, and here comes ministry. Boom. And he's released on the world, right? So he's going to lead you at times. This is why it's a dangerous prayer. He's going to lead you at times in things to grow you and mature you and to shape you and to make you into something. But it's for your good. Right? Because if, if you're not being led in paths of righteousness and being led in the things where he's changing you and growing you and maturing you, then ultimately you're not going to be what he needs you to be when he starts to lead you then to impact the world for him. The first comes before the second. And eventually if you're being trying to be used in the second but forget the first, this gets out of whack. It gets to a place it shouldn't be. But God's trying to lead you somewhere. But it's for right here. And, and by the way, he doesn't lead you into everything that you think you want. He, do, he doesn't lead you into everything you think you deserve. That's not what he's about. He's leading you into what he knows is best for you. And sometimes those things aren't the same thing. What you think you want and think you deserve and what's actually best for you isn't always the same. Because his ways is higher, and he understands more. Sometimes I don't understand why he's calling me to do this, or why he's leading me to do this, or why he's, he's pushing me this way. I don't get it always. But we go back to how submissive and obedient will I be. When he's pushing me and taking me somewhere that I don't get it or I don't necessarily want to go. That we would be like Abram. If all he said was, hey, pick up your stuff and head this way, where am I going? Just go. Okay. Sure. Pack up at my family. Pack everything. Pack it up and just, just go. We'll be people that are that submissive and obedient to his leading. But often we're not. We got too many questions. We got schedules to figure out. We got to have uh, 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 just assurance of our intellect to deal with, and that doesn't even talk about doubt and wonder. That we would be people that we just have an inkling of our heart that we go, okay. Isn't that what the faith life is? If you had 100% knowledge, assurance, and understanding of everything, you would not need faith. But faith life is responding and, and being willing to take the step. I, don't, I have no idea. But I'm going, right? That would be led that way. So in other words, remember, faith, faith is active trust. Do you trust God enough that you feel you've learned his leading enough that if he just says go, 
with no response other than go? Do you trust him enough to go? You see what I mean? Do you trust him enough just to respond and to do and to let things unroll as you're active? We, we need people who, who, who are led like that. Those are the people who make impact in society. Too many people, listen, uh, I was thinking of an example, I shouldn't say that. Um, listen, too, too many people spend so much time in prayer, but spend so little time doing anything. Put it that way, best way I can say it. We must be people of a lot of prayer. But a lot of prayer does not negate any action. Because people of prayer that actually listen turn into people of action. Because you get, it, you get in with God, man, he's going to start taking you somewhere. And he, he never leaves you right where you are. Ever, ever, ever. Now, that's okay with me because I'm an adventurous soul. I'm not scared of just taking off. Is that true? I'm not phased by that stuff. But there's some people, you're not like that. You're like, whoa, time out. And now we want to start chucking the fleece out every day. Well, I'm going to turn it over tonight, Lord. Now, now we're going to do this, Ted. You know, if the, if the prophet comes and tells me, then, I, then I'll listen. Or, 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 you know, you pray these you know, hypothetical things. If this just happens, and Lord, then I'll, I'll know for sure it's you. Listen, don't wait for the prophet to come. Prophets are great, and they do their job. But, but you don't need him or her to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and listen. Right? Give an example in Scripture. Let's, let's go, I'll kind of close out with this. Acts chapter 16. This, this passage of Scripture has, has uh, always piqued my interest. This is a short one, but it talks about uh, God leading the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 16. I love how this goes. And let's see. Yeah, verse number, verse number, uh, where are we at? 16, verse number 6. Yeah, let's go there. Chapter 16, verse number 6. And they, Paul and his companions, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Now watch this. This is amazing to me. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. They were out spreading the gospel of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit forbade them from speaking the word in this area. Think about that. Doesn't make sense, does it? But God always has a plan when he leads. Right? So, uh, forbade them from speaking the word in Asia. And when they came up to Mycenae, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, they're out on this journey, and all the step of the way, they're, they're following the lead in the Holy Spirit, even to when he's saying no. Now, I don't know about you. I can't think of any good reason never to share about Jesus. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But apparently, something's going on here. 
And they're being led by the Spirit in a way that I think is, is interesting. So verse 8, So passing by my sea, they went down to Troas and watched this. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And, of course, it's the great journey, the great second missionary journey of Paul, I believe. And you have the, the church in Philippians and Ephesians and all these different places that are founded on this missionary journey. That happened because he listened enough to the Holy Spirit not to do this and not to do that, but do this. Even though those seem like good things. You see? Would we be led in that way? That, that we're dependent enough to know that even if that looks like a good idea, if I get a no, it's a no. And this looks like a great thing over here, but if I get a no, it's a no. Because a no and a no is a better what? Yes. And in being led by the Spirit, it opens up to this thing that, that we still have parts of our New Testament because of it. Do you know his voice enough to know a no? Are you available enough then that he can lead you where then? You see what I mean? And it was just that simple. It doesn't say anything about Paul arguing and getting mad about it. Just throwing a fit. You know all the planning that went into that? All the time we took setting up meetings and doing... No fit. Okay. Now we're heading, oh, no, 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 over here. I, I, I pray that I am sensitive enough to the leading of the Holy Spirit because of, of being grounded as much as I can be in the Word and being enough of a person of prayer and worship that I know His voice and I'm sensitive to it than to learn to be submissive to it and obedient to it so I'm completely dependent upon him. So whatever he is up to, I'm in on it. And not over here trying to do my own thing, trying to live life my own way, figure it out this way. That we would be like Jesus, that whatever God is doing, that's what we're doing. Because he's leading me the entire way. Right? Dangerous prayer. So start. He'll start trying to get a hold of you. He'll start trying to lead you. He'll start, he'll start trying to, to, to get you to do something. Right? But will we do it? That's the thing. As it says in Galatians, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that we would keep in step with the Spirit. Stay in step. We're living our life in step with the Spirit. You know how easy it is to get disconnected from that? How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's, it, it just takes a few days of crazy busyness, and whew, we're, float, we're floating out there somewhere. We miss our time in the Word. We miss our prayer time. Then we start missing church, which means we're missing the fellowship, and all, all the things that help, help us. We just kind of drift away from it. Sometimes you've got you to shake yourself. Get back and get rolling. And get back in step. That rhythm of life. Rhythm of life. Right? Rhythm of life. Where I'm being led by him. Amen? So, how many of y'all 
know that you need God. Okay, but how many of y'all live like it? See what I'm saying? That's the big question. We know it. Do you live like it? Amen? All right, let's pray. Ooh, look at that, 801, right on the nose. Nail it tonight. I was led right there. All right, amen. Oh, man. So, so how about this? How about just for a minute you just recommit yourself in your own way, in, in your own moment right now to living a life in a way that you know that you need him and you are living that way. Lord, we thank you that you want to be involved and we live this life of salvation out, but it's not just something we receive, but a way that we live. And you have a way for us. The paths of righteousness, the way of wisdom, the way of being a light to the world. And we need led by you to live in these ways. So I pray that we're people of submission and obedience, that we willingly place ourselves into your will and your direction. We live each day like that. Because each day, you have a way of leading us. Lord, we, we don't miss it. We don't get away from it. We don't get lost from it. We stay right in step with the Spirit as he's leading us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. So how about this? Right, right here before we go, before we open our eyes back up, how about right now, you pray. Some, somebody just, person just pop in your head, whatever person is, you pray for them. Whatever person just is popping in your head, you pray for them. And sometime over the next day, you shoot them a text, a call, uh, invite to coffee, something. And just check in on them, encourage them, pray for them, share the gospel with them, invite them to church, do something. Whoever that was, pop in your head. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We lift them up. That we would be an avenue of touching them for you, for the kingdom. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, how many of y'all have somebody pop in your head? Anybody? Ah, okay. Well, how do you know that that wasn't the Holy Spirit? Right? Hopefully, you didn't think of Taco Bell. I mean, I hope it was a person. You don't like, oh, Taco Bell. No. Hopefully, it was a person, right? So pray for him. Check in on him. You never know. God, God's setting something up. All right, Sunday morning. We'll see you there. Uh, bring somebody out with you. Have a very good rest of the week.